0: You are experiencing the Knuckleheads of Liberty podcast. It is May 15, 2023, and welcome to the Knuckleheads of Liberty, where we are bringing you the people and the organizations fighting for liberty around the country and in your region. And today we're visiting the region of New Hampshire with Ben Weir. Ben Weir is the chair of the Merrimack Valley Libertarian Party. He's also an at-large for the state Libertarian Party, uh, and he is a proud freestater, and we'll talk a little bit about what that means later on in the show as well. Uh, so let's uh, jump right into it. Uh, James, our invisible hand, could I get the uh uh, great. Yeah. So this is the Merrimack Valley Libertarian Party page. And there's a picture of Ben Weir. He, in fact, he just ran for sheriff as well. So uh, that'll be an interesting part of our conversation uh, too. Um, but one of the things we like to do before we jump into anything is when we're in these regional things is to talk a little bit about what the place is like that we're talking about as far as Liberty goes. So, um, you know, Cato has this nice map that we like to bring up. And their New Hampshire is, for anybody who's not sure where on the map that is, it's right up there in the northeast part of the country. And it is number one on the Cato map uh, the the last time they did this. So, uh, and you can kind of see a little bit about how they are ranking them. Uh, Looks like my graphics are a little slow to load that (laughs) goes Um, and uh, so anyways uh, this kind of breaks it down to what they think uh, they're doing right and wrong as far as uh, liberty goes and they're doing an awful lot right in new hampshire and as far as the red blue makeup goes uh, they they it's funny they have kind of an odd mix in the uh, national offices uh, senators and representatives it's all democrats but when you look at the uh state level politics um you can see that uh most of the offices are held by republicans uh and that's uh, true as well for the uh breakdown boy I, my pages are sure slow loading today uh, but anyways uh so that, that's kind of the, the the state it seems like kind of a mixed bag it's a little more republican the democrat at the local level but at the national level they, they've got more democrats so there you have it uh so i uh, Ben, why don't you tell us a little bit about, uh, I guess, uh, why uh, your your experience is, uh, you know, the Libertarian Party chair uh, uh, there in Merrimack Valley. And uh, what what was it that brought you to Liberty?
1: So I moved to New Hampshire last March. So I actually moved here from the Sacramento area. Um, And um, I pretty much just, like, I dove in headfirst. I had a lot of experience helping county affiliates and, um, you know, the northern region of California, um, establishing like more decentralized liberty meetups and stuff like that um, all throughout the northern part of the state. So when I got here, I really wanted to bring those tools that I had collected with me and put them to good use. So when I got to New Hampshire, the first thing I did uh, was, you know, try to get involved with as many, uh, local, like Liberty meetups as possible, including with the Libertarian Party. Um, Merrimack Valley Libertarian Party is, um, one of the only regional affiliates that we have here right now that's active. Um, and we're trying to, uh, make it more active by essentially getting a new, uh, CRM, which is, a uh, like a customer management or consumer management database um, to collect data and stuff, which is the boring stuff. But, um, you know, have regular events and meetups so people can get together um, and, you know, hang out and all that. Um, But it exists to complement the state party, which is the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire, um, and to um, basically promote localized growth instead of just at a state level now New hampshire is obviously already not a huge state it doesn't take 10 hours to drive from the northern border to the southern border like it does in california so um, there is a lot of benefit in that um, you have a lot of libertarians concentrated in uh, a small state where it, it literally takes you like an hour and a half to two hours to drive from one side of the state to the other um You know, but uh, having those regional affiliates, um, it it complements the state party and what they're trying to accomplish. But it also complements the Free State Project, which is basically just a bunch of people moving to New Hampshire, and it's it's literally the decentralized revolution because people are getting here, and any given day of the week, you have five or ten. Events that you could go to and attend and, and meet other liberty-minded people—not um, all libertarians, but—I
0: I just wanted to break in for a second. So when you talk about all these libertarians sort of concentrating, and then this is the Free State Project that you're talking about, sort of—that's uh, this attempt to draw everybody into uh, uh, New Hampshire that's liberty-minded, so we can get some actual liberty policy going at a state level.
1: Yep, absolutely. And uh, you know, the, the Free State Project is is been pretty successful, um, especially more recently uh, when it comes to influencing politics here. Um, actually, the, the House Majority Leader here is a free stater. There's 40 um, free staters or uh, lowercase L libertarians is what I call them um, that are in the House of Representatives here for the state. And there's also our first state senator was elected as well this year. Um, all so Ben, part of the so ben if
2: I could interrupt for a second, could you tell the audience exactly what the Free State Project is?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, oh, wait, it, and it, I want
0: James. Uh, can you pull up the visual too while he's talking? Thanks. Sorry. Yeah. So the the Free State Project
1: um, is basically the idea of libertarian concentration, and um, New Hampshire is the libertarian homeland. So we're trying to get as many people who care about personal freedom and economic freedom uh, to move here as possible. And there's already been over 20,000 people that have uh, you know signed a pledge to commit to move here and, and thousands that have already made that move. Um, and where that falls in line is the reason that you choose New Hampshire is because New Hampshire has the most um, taxation So the most representation per taxed citizen uh, in the entire country, there's 400 state reps in a small, in a small state. Um, And with that, like you, it's really breaking it down. Whereas in California, I can't remember how many state reps that they have. Um, Maybe one of you guys know the answer to that, but. It's
2: 80 and 40, 80 in the the lower house and 40 in the upper house.
1: We're talking like. Way less population, but with 400 state representatives. So in terms of actually having liberty policy um, progress and and benefit our state, we were able to get 40 state representatives elected through the Free State Project and other liberty organizations here. There's a bunch of them. Um, And uh, this last year especially, we've – been able to put through a lot of bills um, to help, at least with the, the personal freedom side of things, and they're always trying to reduce taxes as well. But New Hampshire's uh, has a lower tax burden than pretty much every other state in the in the country as well. So um, the the only thing that's really high right now is the property tax, and I know that they're trying to trying to lower that every day. So.
0: I, I noticed you said a lot of small L libertarians getting elected. So are they tending to go into the Republican Party and get yeah. elected that way or. okay? Yep. So,
1: so. That, that's there's Republicans and Democrats that are elected um, that are. They'll you go up to them and they'll identify themselves as libertarian. Um, but libertarian party and libertarians do not have ballot access in the state of New Hampshire. Um, so you can't actually register as a libertarian. Um, And actually, I'm friends with a guy, uh, Brandon Finney, uh, who's an elected state representative here. And he ran as a Republican the first time and he won. And uh, then when he was in, he switched his party status to libertarian back when libertarian Party still had ballot access. And he lost that election. And then he switches back to Republican and he wins again. And, you know, but that doesn't change his principles. Like he's still putting through. Uh, some incredible bills, and and he uh, actually like he's trying to introduce legislation to uh, end civil asset forfeiture and um, some very like good uh, libertarian-based principled bills, um, but uh, and it doesn't it's it's very similar to what like Justin Amash did when he was in uh, when he was in Congress, so. Mm-hmm.
2: So what? What exactly? What exactly is the issue with ballot access for the Libertarian Party in New Hampshire?
1: So um, back when they had ballot access the last time, uh, it was because uh, you need to have a, either a governor or a senator candidate for your party get at least two percent of uh, the total vote count. So. After the Libertarian Party got that two percent and received ballot access back in like 2018, um, the state legislature actually raised that number to four percent. So they, yeah. So it's just a, it's going to be a never-ending game no matter where you go with this, probably because they really don't want libertarians on the candidate. They don't want splitting the vo- uh, us to split the vote. Um, and last year was was. <laughs> Ridiculous, because we actually had two candidates on the ballot for governor, which was, in my opinion, probably the Libertarian Party's best chance of getting four percent. And unfortunately, you know, both of the candidates that the Libertarian Party had, not even the Libertarian Party, just that identified as Libertarians um, had were not that good of candidates. So um, there was a big missed opportunity there. And that's something that I'm looking to correct next year, um, which is the next, you know, obviously next year is a presidential year. Um, and, uh, we want to have some strong candidates on the ballot, but we also are, are keeping in mind that if there's candidates that are going to be on the ballot that are aligned with us in every way, maybe they're free staters, um, or they're lowercase L libertarians, in my opinion, there's no reason for us to compete with that. So, um you know if if we're increasing our personal freedoms and our economic freedom with someone else being there we shouldn't be fighting them for that so um but that's just my personal opinion that's not a a party opinion or anything like that so
0: it does seem like if we could get a whole party full of uh, a whole republican party full of uh, rand pauls i i'd be fairly comfortable being a republican And I'm thinking
3: that if I was uh, going to uh, put it out there to be a candidate in California, I'd probably run as a Democrat because I get a lot of votes just for being that. Then I'd be blatantly transparent about it and tell them, hey, I'm just doing this for the votes. You know, I'm still going to vote libertarian. And I'd let everybody (laughs) know I'm a libertarian, but I I don't stand a snowball's chance in hell of getting elected. But since it's California, I'm going to run as a Democrat and, and heck with all you guys. That's what I'd say.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Like, and if if the goal is to just, you know, get the votes and win and make a real yeah. libertarian change and yeah. you don't stand a chance, maybe as a third party candidate, why not? Just why not? infiltrate one of the yeah. other parties and take their votes.
3: <laughs> right. And it, it all would depend on the uh, structure of that particular state, political structure of that.
1: Yeah. It, it helps having that many representatives in New Hampshire, like I said. Um and like I said, the, the house majority leader here, um, he's a free stater and he's a very like a base libertarian. Um, so uh, he's the guy who sets the tone across the board for the entire state house. So it, it's it's really good to have people like that um, standing up for our, our freedoms. And even just last year, they basically passed a bill that says if the federal government um, decided to put like a, an AR b- bill in to, to ban ARs, uh, AR-15s, that the, they have no obligation as a state to um, respect that or even recognize it in any way. Essentially, yeah. they're, try- they're nullifying the federal law in favor of state authority. Somehow. Right, which, which they have every right to do. Yeah, uh, as a
3: exactly. sovereign state uh, within this uh, conglomeration of states we call the Federalized Republic of the United States. And I noticed you have an AR-15 mural on the...
1: I'm, I am a gun rights uh, advocate and an ad- absolutist. I did a lot of, um, uh, like, advocation for gun rights when I lived in California for, you know, four and a half years. And um, the government is not good at, at creating laws. And it's very easy to get out of following their AR restrictions while still abiding by the ATF definition of what an AR is. And um, and uh, there's a million ways to get around it without breaking the law. So the, the truth is that they just think that they're scary. <laughs> and, uh, um. Right. Yeah. So you put a wing uh, behind the
3: uh, the grip. Yes. Right. Right. <laughs> so you can't wrap your
0: thumb around it. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> right.
3: Crazy stuff. Okay.
0: Well, Ben, you, you have kind of an interesting past coming to California and then being one of those people who sort of escaped to New Hampshire. Uh, what was it that sort of woke you up to liberty? Were you sort of awake to liberty when you made it to California first and then you said, whoa, this is, you know, nuts or or, or did that the experience of being here and being kind of oppressed, <laughs> you know, uh, cause you to be a, a liberty minded person?
1: So a lot of people actually come to libertarianism, um, you know, and, and then they become like, m- the more they study libertarianism, they become like minarchists or even anarchists. Um, you know, they want small government or no government because they believe that, you know, you own yourself and you, uh, own the outcomes to yourself as well. So, um, you know, for me, actually, I, If you can't tell, I'm a musical kind of guy. I've got guitars all around me, and and this is my recording studio and and stuff, too. Um, I came into uh, this from a different background. I was actually like an an anarchist, so I I believed there shouldn't be government as a a young, rebellious teenager. And then going into college, I learned about anarcho-capitalism and Murray Rothbard, um, Ron Paul, um, you know, like all, all, these amazing, uh, libertarian guys that are incredible philosophers. And, um, I, I still identify as a anarcho-capitalist to this day. Um, what, what about the emo part? What's <laughs> the emo is just the type of music that I used to play. I used to uh-huh. tour in a band that went across the country and we played music at a bunch of cool venues and big festivals and emo is just the genre of uh music that we played which is an alternative punk type music that's more inclined to go towards the emotional side of it so right. um, but yeah so i i came in it from from that side I, I progressed into with you know in college into more libertarian philosophy um and um it just kept growing. When I got to California, obviously, I, I never wanted to move to California. I always had bad taste in my mouth in California because I was from, I lived in Colorado at the time. Mm-hmm. And they basically say Colorado is California 2.0 because everything that happens in California happens there too. Um, and it just seems to be a, a constant decline of the government there. Um, and then uh, when I when I get to uh, California and I move there for work, um, uh-huh. and uh, I, I, it just, then COVID hit a couple of years later, and it just kind of made me more extreme in my passion as well. So, you know, I was already, you know, helping out with the Libertarian Party of Sacramento at that time, and um, you know, I just I wanted to get as involved as possible into the more localized politics and um, just trying to find ways to meet up with the other individuals that passionately, you know, believe in these principles and um try to get our, our ideas <coughs> together and, and so we can, you know, <clears throat> grow our community in California. And that's how that that's how that all got going. So
2: let me let me um l- let me ask a question, but I, I want to go mm-hmm. back a little bit here to something that, that was said in the sense that we seem, I mean of course the Libertarian Party is is not it's not. Um, it's probably a two percent party, a three percent party. Maybe if we get four percent, it's it's. It, you know, we we think we we're, we're doing great and wonderful. Even though I'm not a part member of the Libertarian Party, but I I do share some of their philosophies. But he, <clears throat> is it more practical? You know, Tim just talked about the fact that he in California he can run as a Democrat and still be a Libertarian. Is it more practical for the Libertarian Party to maybe become a wing of one of the one of the the two major parties, and we could still espouse our philosophies of libertarianism within the structure of one of the larger one of the larger parties. Is that more practical than us trying to be a party on our own, trying to get our own votes, yeah. trying to to win office as libertarians, or rather than win win it as say a Democrat or Republican, and still espousing the libertarian philosophy?
1: I I, I think so. I see it working here in New Hampshire it's working very well. And um, you have caucuses in each of the parties. And, um, you know, like even some of the caucuses in the Libertarian Party have now moved over and have started their version of the caucuses in um, the other Republican and Democrat parties as well. Um, And um, in my opinion, like once you take the red pill into being more Uh, liberty-minded and want personal freedom and economic freedom you can't fall away from that like you can't unlearn that you can't unsee what you've uh, been awoken to essentially um, in the government corruption and and how they control every aspect of your lives essentially Um, and once you see that you can advocate for that in whatever community you're in whether it's in the democratic party which in california it would make more sense and the republican party i mean you have people like rfk jr right now who's about to run for president and while i don't agree with a lot of things that he stands for like especially on like the climate change type of stuff um i know that he's he he believes in sound economics and um you know like he's horrible on guns he's absolutely horrible on guns (laughs) but uh You know, like he believes in bodily autonomy. So like, you know, there's some common ground you can find, especially in California um, on issues like that or issues like maybe decrim nature, you know, to to get like, you know, I don't know, a marijuana and and mushrooms or whatever, like those guys advocate for that. But those are also um, the Libertarian Party would also advocate for as well you know, so personal responsibility essentially is what it came down to there. So, yeah.
0: Well, um, Ben, I was going to ask you, uh, I I guess you'd run for office as a sheriff. What kind of things do you imagine you could do to bring liberty to a government position like that?
1: In my opinion, there needs to be more liberty minded people running for sheriff because you're essentially, the the, um, last line of defense for your county's, uh, you know, safety, um, and against federal tyranny and government overreach. So with my campaign, running for sheriff, like my hot button issues were mental health, I was in the army. And I've seen a lot of people lose their lives, or just lose their minds with PTSD. And mental health is a crisis. In the law enforcement community, that's not addressed. And it shouldn't surprise anybody that there's cops um, overstepping their authority and killing people and doing all this stuff when mentally they have been damaged severely. Um, And uh, that's a huge issue that's just not addressed in law enforcement um, almost everywhere, all across the country. You know, having sustainable law enforcement budgets or retirement plans uh, for every Three law enforcement officers that we pay for as taxpayers, you actually only get one because you're paying for the last two guys who held that position, too, with their retirement uh, plans and all that. Um, Also, like, you know, a sheriff's role and their main responsibility is to uphold the Constitution. Plain and simple. So, I mean, that was um, my top thing was like I told people, you know, my goal is to uphold the Constitution, but also, you know, Let's work on their mental health. Let's get sustainable law enforcement uh, plans and budgets. It's crazy how much money that they've been wasting that just comes right back to the taxpayers and hurts them. Um, You can basically nullify um, unconstitutional laws. Like if the ATF is trying to encroach on the border of your county, you can basically just tell them to kick rocks. you can end civil asset forfeiture practices in your county, you can provide better de-escalation training for officers. Um, All this stuff is super important. And if there's like, if there's any place that a liberty-minded person can have the most impact, it's absolutely at the county sheriff level. Um, And it's because of that, I'm planning to run again uh, in 2024. So um, I had a lot of support last time uh, I ran, ran through a lot of hoops with my uh, campaign including um, them trying to remove me from the ballot even though I collected enough petitions and, and uh, uh, nomination papers which was I had to collect like 300 nomination papers to get ballot access um, and then the Secretary of State's office basically I had to go and up against the ballot law commission and um, go up against like five um, state reps and a mayor and a couple other people that are on the ballot law commission, um, to reinstate myself onto the ballot. And it worked. I won, uh, which was, which was great. Um, because they had no leg to stand on with what they were trying to get me off for. Uh, I just, I, I don't think that they, uh, they wanted a another candidate on the ballot. And, um, What initially got this going for me was obviously like I'm passionate about all this stuff, especially with gun rights and um, bodily autonomy, um, you know, and, and all this. But in my county, there was essentially two Democrats on the ballot. One of them was a career Democrat who was a Maggie Hassan supporter, who's the Democrat senator here. And she's a horrible Democrat, by the way. Um yes, we know yeah she's she's horrible. and he <laughs> but he sw- he lost the Democratic primary last time. So this time he switched parties to the Repub- Republican party and he tried to run as Republican. The Democrat is slightly less bad, but still pretty bad. like the the sheriff's office here has had like almost 30 like sexual misconduct allegations over the last two years that are not nice. being addressed. Uh, insane <laughs> wasted money, but he calls himself a fiscal conservative. But it's just wow. not true. He's, he's spending money just like Maggie yeah. Hassan. He's a Maggie Hassan supporter too. So by having me on the ballot, the third party, I caused the <laughs> one of them to lose, obviously, because I got over 3,000 votes one of them lost by like 2,200 votes. So if I wasn't on the ballot, chances are the person running as Republican probably would have won. Um, well, but you he would know, have but aside,
0: there. well, Ben, I was going to tell you, aside from being short on votes, we're short on time here too. Sorry. So we're just about at 28 minutes. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there one final quick shot you'd like to leave the audience with before we uh, uh, leave?
1: Yeah, just try to get involved with your, your local liberty movement or start one if there's not one there already. Um, because there's a lot more people that feel the same way and are passionate about um, your personal freedom and economic freedom. Um, and it doesn't have to be associated with a party. Just get out there, meet people that are like-minded because there's power in unity and there's power in community. And um, I, I know that you can make a difference even in the craziest tyrannical regimes of california so awesome
0: well that sounds like a great message to leave on and by the way uh if you've been interested in this show we're going to talk with ben a little more on our next show uh about some uh more new hampshire focused issues coming up but uh thanks so much for joining us on this one and until next time stay tuned and stay free
3: yes indeed thank you for listening to the knuckleheads
1: of liberty podcast